Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome back to a new episode. I hope you are having a good kickoff to your week this week. If you're listening right away on Monday, awesome. Enjoy your week. If you are tuning in later in the week, I always appreciate it and I hope your week has gone well thus far. Today I want to do a life reframe. I think a reframe that is so important as it relates to our personal posture, our personal distress, and also navigating relationships in a healthy and productive way. And the title for today is But Wait, They're Not Me. And it's a candid reminder and I'm going to say it several times throughout the episode, that you are you. I know you don't need that reminder, but perhaps some of us need the reminder that not everyone else is us, though. Not everyone else shares our perspectives, our points of view, our methods, our desires, our bends, whatever you want to call it, you're you, but nobody else is. And when we can start to appreciate diversity for what it is, things relationally and interpersonally and intrapersonally get significantly more calibrated and organized appropriately. So even the idea of the body, the nose has a function, the mouth has a function, the hand has a function, the feet have a function. We can argue all day, every day, which is most important, or we could see each of them in their unique value, knowing that the nose shows up and does its function well, and the feet have their function and they perform their duty. And none of it is in competition, none of it is in conflict, it works together. And that's such an important piece of understanding in friendships and relationships is that we are us. You who are listening, you are you. And the people with whom you intersect, they are them. And each person, each individual chooses to bring their own unique gifts into any relationship. And when we start to ask people to be other than who they are, to do things our way, we are disrupting the natural order of things. I bring myself into relationship with my uniqueness, with my eccentricities, with my own wounds, with whatever it is, I'm showing up as me. But often we punish others for not having the same bends or the same leanings, the same abilities. Is it really so bad that people are diverse from us? Is that a threat to us? Are other people organically our competition? Or perhaps the diversity we're surrounded by is actually very complementary. And this plays out when I engage with married couples ad nauseum. Instead of seeing what their spouse brings, they tend to hyper-focus on how their spouse is different from them. And we often have to tease that apart and say, isn't it radically appropriate that your spouse is different from you? They're not your competition. They bring a set of skills, a set of giftings that is different, but also beneficial. And if we refuse to see it, if it becomes a threat to us, we are going to have so much relational distress. So why it matters is number one, we need to get radically honest about what our gifts are, what our contributions can be. And if we're able to do that, a few really beautiful things happen. Number one, if I know my gifts, I don't have to compare myself to other people. I don't have to wonder why people show up differently. I know why I show up differently because I'm doing so with my gifts. If I'm willing to see other people in their uniqueness, 
then I can be cultivated by being invited into others' unique perspectives and unique intersections with life. My life is richer. My life is more diverse. My experiences improve when I take the time to see what other people are able to offer. And if I learn to honor each other person's individuality, then I get to be me and they get to be them and we get to be complementary and add value to one another's lives and add value to the world around us with our unique giftings. To be well means to have eyes on my life, to actually invite in competing perspectives, invite in complementary skills. If I expect to grow, I'm going to have to be surrounded by people that are different from me. Others are not our competition. They can be so complementary. So there are many deficits, perceived deficits. I don't say that in a pejorative way. There are many skills I just don't have. So I can reach out and ask other people for help because they are their unique people with their unique giftings and I benefit from that diversity. I know my gifts, I know how I can show up, but if I ask other people to show up the same way as me, I go back to last week's episode, what an air of self-importance is that? I'm not someone who can service my own car. But thankfully, there are people out there who can do that and do that well, and they can show up in my life and be beneficial. I'm not skilled at creating beautiful music or art. I can have fun trying, but it's not a skill set that comes organically to me. But I can rejoice at the people who infuse beauty into my life because of their gifts and talents. They are not the competition. They are complementary. They are bringing value into my life. I don't have the skills for things like marketing and website development, but there are people out there that have copious gifts in that area. They are complementary to my life when I'm willing to invite them in, when I'm willing to honor the diversity of other people's giftings. I intersected with someone recently that, honestly, I just fundamentally disagree with them on so many levels. The way that they look at the world is really a touch off-putting for me. I think the way they present about the world around them is really abrasive. It's really kind of a turnoff for me personally. But as I listened in on some of their rhetoric, I understood their appeal to others because they have skills that would appeal to some. Not to me personally, but they are using their voice in the space that they are in and it has appealed to some people. That's not a threat to me. I can see it for what it is. I can appreciate it. And I can also say, hey, that's not for me. But he has his value and what he brings is complimentary. Theoretically, there are probably things that we would agree on. And if we ever joined forces, they would probably benefit from my more tempered approach. And I would probably benefit from some of their more aggressive tendencies. And it would be a complementary dynamic because other people add value if we're willing to see it. Now, often there's this frustration if people don't show up the same way as us, or if they don't believe the same way as us, or if they don't share our points of view. And it can lead to such high relational distress and even the perception of unsafety. They don't see the world the same way as I do, therefore I'm at risk. That's malarkey. That's such an overemphasis on our world being the correct view. So we've oversimplified things to say, well, if X and Y and Z is important to me, it should be important to everyone. If I'm good at X, Y, and Z, then I should hold people to that standard. If X, Y, and Z are my preferences, then other people should toe the line too. We can be so transactional. If I do A, I expect B out of this person. And we do that so often with our intimate partners. And it is so relationally destructive. I was talking to a client the other week and and I, I love this woman. She is so dynamic and she is striving to grow through some of the barriers that have been kind of in her life for a very long time. She was lamenting that her her husband never plans dates. And I said to her, I said, that does certainly sound frustrating. Oh, by the way, when's the last time you changed the oil in the car? 
And I realize that that might sound like a really jerk question, but she has natural leanings and gifts towards organization, towards spontaneity, towards romance. Those are her natural abilities. And so for her to lament and hold it against her husband, it was a gentle reminder to say, hey, he steps into spaces too where he has confidence, he has contributions to give, and he doesn't ask you to do it differently. Maybe we can extend some grace in his direction. Now, can he do better? Sure. Would it be nice if someday he he surprises you and says, hey, babe, I got this dress and I'm going to pick you up at this time and we're going to go to this place and it's going to be orchestrated by me? Yes, we can work on that. But to resent him, to put actual deficits into the marriage because he doesn't do it the same way she does or he doesn't have the same propensity for it the way she does, what a relational misstep. Now, here's the thing. There are really crummy humans out there. I get it that some of you might feel like your spouse puts in zero effort. I will let you know, though, if that's true, that's the exception. Because most people do legitimately want to do better, but they can't do better within my gifts, my skill sets. We can help them cultivate their gifts and their skill sets. They have their own uniqueness, their own beauty to offer. And if we start seeing diversity as complementary and not competition, I think a lot of relational shifts can move us towards the good. When we look at John Gottman, so one of the foremost researchers in marriage and in dissolutions of marriages, when we look at what he calls kind of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, related to relationships failing, contempt, stonewalling, defensiveness, and criticism. Those will tank your marriage so quickly. Those will tank your friendship so quickly. How do you imagine that's going to go, friends? Others navigating differently should not be a threat to us. Ideally, we'll figure out our strengths. We'll figure out our contributions, our giftings. They can figure out their strengths, their contributions, their giftings. We can find kind of the weak spots that show up and grow together in them. But it should be complementary. It should not be competition. I do not say this with judgment. I say this with alarm because I look into my own story and I see how threatening it once felt that others thought differently from me, that others navigated differently than I did. If someone did things not my way, I was profoundly uncomfortable. I was profoundly angry. I was profoundly confused by it. What a misstep in relationships. So let's talk about last week's comment about self-importance. We have to ask, why is our way best? Now, is it best for us? Sure. Hopefully we've arrived there through testing and discerning, not through laziness, not through kind of de facto settling on something that's been modeled for us and we've never done the testing to see if it's our way. But here's the thing. If we figured out the best way, it's because we figured it out based on our point of view, on our level of comfort, on things that make sense to us. And yes, it is best for us. But other people and their divergences from our expectations and their different sets of skills, they might go about things differently. And that's okay. We should learn to love the diversity around us because it invites us into seeing the world through new perspective and new profound ways again and again and again. The world is far more interesting than my one-dimensional way of seeing things. I want to lean in and know people and know their experiences, and it's just not a threat. Even those who feel similar to me on so many things, people who have even similar value systems, they still engage the world in their own unique way, and it's the coolest thing to see other people lean into their eccentricities and their uniqueness. And so the goal is to find your gifts and step into them, and do it with joy and offer it with love, and quit resenting others for having different gifts. Do not minimize the gifts that others bring to us, because the nose has its function. And the mouth has its function. And the hands have their own function. And the feet have their function. And if we allow each of them to shine in their area, it all works together in beautiful and complementary ways. 
When we decide that the nose has to do what the mouth does or that the hands should function the way the feet does, we are taking away something so beautiful from people that we claim to love. We've got to watch out for that. And we can remind ourselves often, we can say to ourselves, hey, wait, they're not me. I do have my preferences. I do have my ways, but they're not me. And let's be glad for that because it means you get to be you in your full radiance with your beauty and your gifts and your contributions. And no one else is your competition because you, my friend, are one of a kind, but so is everyone else. So we have to be very careful about asking others to be the way we are, to have our strengths, to do things the way we do. Instead, take the time and effort to learn what your strengths are. Give them with open hands, and it just won't matter what everyone else is doing. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.